This is Sunday Rewind. Take it back now, y'all. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Now, here are your hosts, Tom Stevens and Mike Melby. Good afternoon, early evening. Welcome to Husker Rewind here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. My name is Mike Melby. That is Tom Stevens. Hello. And uh, we want to thank everybody for watching on the stream. It is the Sarter Heyman stream. And uh, you can catch us on Twitch, on Twitter, on YouTube, on Facebook, and on Channel 951 on Allo. Apologies for the, the staticky stuff on Allo. It's some gremlins that are somewhere in the that's stuff that's underneath the board here, I think. Yeah, well, it's uh, close to <laughs> Halloween. Got, we moved into a new building, so yeah, I'm sure there's some there's ghosts some that need to be uh, chased away. Exactly. And uh, at any rate, we uh, we welcome everybody in. And we're talking uh, a we little bit of kind everything. of a mini flasher. He I know. Flash, he, flash, he didn't completely flash. He flashed just a little bit. Yeah, it was a little creepy. Uh, Speaking it of was creepy, kind of a lot creepy. Yeah, uh, uh, that's a little bit creepy. <laughs> uh, but that happens on a daily basis, I'm guessing, here at 11th and O, the new location. It's it's such a cool studio. Uh, but let's get to the Blitz. We do the Big Ten Blitz uh, about this time every week. The big- All right, uh, we go through every Big Ten game every single week, and we'll do the same for basketball this season. I'll start with uh, one of the honors, Michigan over Indiana, 52-7. J.J. McCarthy, 14 of 17, 222, three TDs. Well, we were embarrassed after the loss to Michigan a few weeks ago. It seems like everybody's getting embarrassed by Michigan. They only ran for 163 yards. Uh, Indiana, though, had four turnovers in that game. Michigan wins another one, and next week they have Michigan State. They're at Michigan State, so it should be another easy one for the Wolverines. They've had an easy schedule. Yeah, uh, They have wins now over Eastern Carolina, UNLV, uh, Bowling Green, Rutgers, Nebraska, Miami, and Indiana. They haven't played and anybody. And not, not Miami, Florida, Miami of Ohio. That's true. They have not played anybody. Miami no. of Ohio. No. Yes. Not I mean, Miami, Florida. It's, but it, that's, By the way, did you the see their loss a couple of weeks ago? Ridiculous. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's uh, one of the worst coaching blunders of, uh, ever. It reminded me of Nebraska's loss to Illinois a few years ago, uh, where they, all they had to do is really take a knee. Yeah. And Tommy uh, Armstrong decides he's going to throw it. Yep. And as much as you want to say, <clears throat> offensive coordinator's fault for calling an RPO, I get it. But that's 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 one that the play, no. that's kind of on the player. No. Uh, so... <laughs> At Cap Randall yesterday, it was another dazzling performance of how college football offense is supposed to look as the Iowa Hawkeyes rolled to a 15-6 win over Wisconsin to take control of the Big Ten West behind 237 yards of total offense, including a whopping 37 yards through the air. And if you take 30, away... That's not a misprint. 37 if, yards. And if you take away the 82-yard TD run by LaShawn Williams, they had an amazing, an astounding 155 yards of total offense. The D gets the job done as it always does. Uh, they hammer Tanner Mordecai uh, in late in the second quarter, knock him out of the game. And uh, I'm not going to lie. Wisco looked just as inept on offense the rest of the way as Iowa did uh, 15 to six, the final. I don't know how to gauge this with Wisconsin because Mordecai was getting manhandled and had no answer for Iowa's defense either. Yeah. And, 
I like I I just I don't know. How is Iowa winning with this is like their well, ninth their de- win. Their defense is ridiculously good. I get that. But their offense is is so bad. I mean, in the history it's of college football bad. Yeah. Deacon Hill, uh, who took over for Cade McNamara, was six of fourteen for thirty-seven yards. Thirty-seven yards. Yeah. Their wide receivers have fewer yards than than single guys, single individuals. Yeah, the entire and, Wisconsin receiving core has has fewer receiving yards on the season than Marvin Harrison Jr. and yeah. a handful of other Big Ten yeah. players. Oh, yeah, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. And now that it looks like they've lost Eric All for the season. Yep. Uh, so a lot of teams, we talk about Nebraska and their injuries, but Iowa's had a ton of them. But, you know, to say that, they're they're still in command of the Big Ten. They're probably, the, they're definitely the front runner. Now they're 24th in the country. Yeah, they're 6-1, and 3-1 in the Big Ten. So and there that, you go. Yeah, next week, uh, Wisconsin's at Illinois, and Iowa hosts Minnesota. Uh, Ohio State beats Purdue. No problem there. 41-7. to Kyle McCord, 16 of 28, 276 and three TDs. Ohio State um, down to their fourth string running back. Uh, Dallin Dill- Dal- 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 Hayden. Dallin Hayden um, ran for 170 or uh, 76 yards, one TD. But they've got problems. Travion Henderson out. Myron Williams out. Trips, uh, Chip uh, Trey Yanunum uh, is out. I mean, Marvin Harrison's still there, and he's playing really well. Six catches for 105 yards and a TD. Um, but my goodness, Ohio State's got problems uh, with a lot of injuries right now. Thank goodness their defense is so good. Uh, their next, uh, their next game, they host Penn State next week. Yeah, that, that ought be to be really interesting. Good. Speaking of Penn State, uh, evidently they held a soap scrimmage. Do you remember those in high school? The soap scrimmages, so that the Athletic teams would have actual bars of soap. Yep. I think it was a soap scrimmage that they they had a they had the UMass Minutemen show up, but I think that was admission was was a bar of soap. Uh, they, they just whitewash uh, UMass sixty three rip. Uh, Drew Aller sixteen to twenty three one sixty two three scores. Nittany Lions rushed for two hundred forty six yards. They held the Minutemen to one hundred and nine total yards. Uh, next week though, uh, it, it's on the battle for the second best team in the Big Ten, Penn State. At Ohio State, just out of curiosity, um, I think that needs to be a a pick of density. Oh, look at that! It is. That's going to be a fun game for us to predict later. Uh, yeah, that 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 wasn't even a game. I, I'd like to see the Big Ten, you know, play their UMass type game about the same time the the SEC does it same late here. in the season. Move that game and, late in the season. Give give everybody a bye week, and then also go back to eight conference games. I agree. Nine. I agree. Uh, Rutgers gets a win. They were down 18. It's one of the biggest rallies in Rutgers football history. But um, Kyle Mananjai, uh, 24 carries, 148, 1 TD. It was homecoming. It was rainy. It was ugly. Most of the fans had left by the time that Rutgers came back, but they did come back to win at 27-24. Total yards in the fourth quarter. Rutgers, 120. Michigan State, negative 20. Yeah. It's like, how is that even possible? I think Michigan State, remember, they're Michigan State. Uh, (laughs) They're really, really bad. Next week, Rutgers has Indiana. They are at Indiana. Michigan State will host Michigan. That ought to be just an absolute woodshed. Uh, Caleb Griffin kicks a game-winning 43-yard field goal as time expires in College Park, Maryland, and Illinois upsets Maryland. Luke Altmyer throws for 206-2 with a pick. Caden Feagan ran for 84 and a score to lead the Illini offensively. Defensively, though, Seth Coleman, holy smokes, give that man a game ball, had all three of the sacks of Tulia Tunga-Viola. 
who did all he could for Maryland, throwing for 266 yeah. yards and a couple of scores. Illinois is uh, hosting Wisconsin next weekend, and Maryland has a bye. I, what do you make of Illinois, who just looked atrocious the last two weeks, coming up and it. knocking off Maryland? Well, their defense, especially their defensive front, showed up. Maryland was terrible on third down. Tunga Viola actually played pretty well with the 266, yeah. two TDs, no picks. Uh, but I think it's possible Maryland was a fraud, which they always are. Every year we say they're good and then they're bad. But but are they a fraud or was it just one of those quote-unquote trap games? And They they were at home, though. I, I get it. Against but Illinois, a team I, that Nebraska tried to it. lose and still won. Think about it, though. It's kind of a trap game. It's not before a big game the week before. It's before the bye week. I mean, that's one of the toughest things when you've got a long stretch and you're going up against an opponent that's maybe not all that in a bag of chips and you're having a pretty good season to convince your team you got to show up to get to the bye week. Don't take the bye week early. I, I don't know. I still am sold on Maryland because their defense, I think, is pretty good. And I think they, they still are going to wind up fourth in the East. But I still think they're going to have a pretty solid season. Uh, but they're not the fourth best team in the Big Ten. I've got Michigan number one, Ohio State number two, Penn State number three, and then Iowa. And then after that, does it really matter? <laughs> the answer to uh, th- that question is no, it does not. I have Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. I leave Maryland at four because Iowa's offense does not deserve to be in the top four. But their defense is I way care. better. I, I've got Iowa five. And then just because I'm so tired of going and then I've got – Tied for seventh, everybody but Indiana and Michigan State. Um, I finally just broke it out, and I went, uh, I got Iowa at five, Rutgers, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Minnesota, Illinois, Purdue, Northwestern, Indiana, Michigan State. I went a little different. I've got Iowa at four, and then Maryland, Rutgers, Wisconsin at five, Nebraska, Minnesota at six, Illinois seven, Purdue, Northwestern at eight, and then Michigan State, Indiana at nine. Okay. Fair enough. I mean... It doesn't really matter no. after after the top four. <laughs> after the top, <clears throat> say the top five, because I mean, I think Maryland and Iowa just simply because of Iowa's defense. And yeah, that's whatever. True. I, but I, I, I think they're slightly above. The thing is, I don't get Wisconsin. How do you lay that big of an egg? I mean, I get it. Iowa's defense is good, but I just wow. Yeah. Again, yeah. though, it goes back to. Uh, how did that AAC high-flying, throw-the-ball-all-over-the-yard offense work for Nebraska and Scott Frost in the Big Ten? And, well, that's what Luke Fickle's trying to do at Wisconsin. Now, he's got Braylon Allen, and they're, they are running the ball a lot more than he normally would do. Right. And I think that's because of the way they're built this year. But I st- bottom line, man, you've got to be able to run the ball. You've got to be able to, to take a punch and punch somebody back and... I think Wisconsin's going the wrong direction on how to build a program. But didn't we, I think we talked the day of the spring game. It was Nebraska spring game. And then I went home after the Nebraska spring game, turned on the TV and there's Wisconsin spring game. And I think we, I texted with you back and forth. And I think I called you that day. It was a snowy day. Nebraska had completed their spring game. It was ugly. There were a bunch of turnovers. So Nebraska didn't look great, but Wisconsin was like, it reminded me of the Scott Frost era where they they didn't tackle anybody. They were throwing it all around the yard. It was two-hand touch. And I'm going, I don't know what Wisconsin is anymore. No. And uh, they they took away a lot of their physicality. And now I think they're paying for it. Well, I completely agree. And I, th- I, I that's the one Achilles heel I think you're going to see. 
Now, the interesting like dichotomy of this is the teams coming in next year because Wisconsin's going to run that more of a, a, a high-flying offense where they're going to toss the ball around the yard. Yeah. They're going to go five wide. They're going to they're going to run that you know bottom line. Let's we're going to try to run ninety plays a game. Well, guess what USC does? Guess what Oregon does? Right. Yeah. Guess what Washington does? Washington's a little bit more physical, but I I mean and and by you know. Scott Frost's offense came from Chip Kelly. By the way, you UCLA's going to be in the Big Ten next. So you're going to have five teams now running that offense. I will counter with this. Um, is it going to work? Uh, because we saw USA, USC played Notre Dame, who reminds me of a Big Ten offense. Yeah. They play Big Ten style football. They run the football. And then when they're tired of running it, they run it some more. Yeah. Uh, they have... Uh, Hartman, who's a really pretty good quarterback, can, can throw it, but they don't have great wide receivers. And USC couldn't do anything against them last night. I mean, USC's got a ways to go. And you could say, well, it's early in the Lincoln-Riley era. I, I just wonder how some of these Pac-12 teams will adjust to the physicality of the Big Ten. I, it's going to be a rude awakening, I'll tell you that right now. Um, and the thing that I guess I'm not surprised I kind of am. I don't know. I'm, I'm on the fence of whether I'm surprised or not. The USC's defense is as bad as it is. And I and I thought it was really interesting last week. USC comes back and they they hold on and win whatever it was. I don't remember, but it was like 45-42 or whatever. I think they nearly came. lost to Colorado in yeah, the same fashion. Yeah, and and they nearly lose to Colorado. And Lincoln Riley gets asked about the defense, and he tries to defend them, and he does a little bit of you know skating around it because he I think he kind of knows. And Caleb Williams like interrupts and is like, "Without them, we don't win this game." Well, he's defending these and, guys. And I, I get it. I get it, but it's like Caleb, dude, your defense stinks. You can't say that though. Like, I, even though I he's thinking in his mind, I get your trying. I'm to, defending these dudes, but they don't deserve it. I, yeah, it, that just seemed really odd. I, um, it, did they make a play at all? Did they force a turnover at all? Did they get a stop when they needed to at all? No, you guys won because of you, Caleb. Um. <laughs> Uh, but that wash the best game of the day yesterday, I believe, was Oregon and Washington. That was a really good football game. Oregon misses a, a 42-yard field goal to tie it to bring it to overtime. Washington, Caleb DeBoer is really good. Uh, uh, DeBoer is a really good coach, and Washington maybe the top offense in the country. But both those teams are coming to the Big Ten. Uh, it's going to be a fun league. I mean, it's already maybe this year the best league in the country. It's only going to get better. Uh, the, I think it's possible the Big Ten could be the... I didn't think I'd say this because I well, thought the, the SEC would be the best league for the end of time because they're adding Oklahoma, Texas. But still, the Big Ten is really good and it, it well, might well, be the best league. This year, they're not anywhere near the best league. They're not even... I mean, the the MAC may be better than the Big Ten aside from Michigan, well, Ohio State, and Penn State. But the, the those, rest are of the, three, those are three teams I, that could win I, the national title. I, I, I get it, but you're saying that the Big Ten is a better league than the SEC or the Pac-12, which is hands down to Michigan's me. number two, Ohio State's number three, Penn State's now number seven. Okay, and the Pac-12 has like nine teams ranked in the top 25. Top to bottom, the Pac-12 is... But not the number one two. I mean, let's... let's I we don't know care. Co college football has been the top five teams are winning the national title right now. That's the way it is right now. But, but if, if you're not the but, top five, you probably won't win the national title. But to say the Big Ten is a better conference this year than the Pac-12... Oh, I think it's, I think it's uh, better over... Uh, better... It's, it's has a better chance to win the national title. I'll give you that... But to say that it's a better top to bottom 
No, then, not, then not, not top to bottom. Well, that's kind of what I thought you were saying, that the Big Ten's the best conference, and I'm like, no, it's not. We the usually, Big Ten's, but we, but it's, it's, it has three teams that could win the national title. I'll give you that, but, but the, the Pac-12 has got two teams that could win a national title, although. I think maybe one. I, I'm not, I'm not even sure who that is. That's Washington. Washington's, Washington could win a national title, maybe. I, well, but they've I, I think, got the best chance of anybody out there right now because they're the only team that's still undefeated. Right. But, but I, I think a one. this is one of those years where I don't think there, there is a dominant team. I mean, you could say Georgia, but they struggled. But they struggled with Vanderbilt over the weekend. I'll tell you right now, after watching the last three weeks of college football, somebody's going to have to seriously convince me that there's a team that is going to beat Michigan. Because I, you're, I, I, you, it's going to have to be a hell of an argument. Because from everything I've seen from Michigan the last three weeks, barring a catastrophic injury or or something like that, yeah. there is no chance any team in college football, including Georgia, has of beating Michigan this year. I will say that they haven't played anybody. They, I, I get it, but they they look like literally everything they do is absolutely win every rep. We've heard Matt Rule say that. Guess yeah. what? Their guys win every rep. <laughs> Michigan has I, wins over East Carolina, yeah. UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers, Nebraska, Minnesota, and Indiana. That's it. That's it. I, I get it. I get it. Who now? Who does? Uh, I didn't bring it with me. Oh, actually, you know what? I got it right here. Um, they, so the, and it was seven seven late in the first quarter. Right. I I think Michigan. I think you're right. I think Michigan's really really good. I just want to see them play somebody. Well, and we're not going to find out this week when they play Michigan State. Yeah, I was going to say, you're not too this week. They, they they have Michigan State, then they have a bye, then they host Purdue, which is another cakewalk, and then they finish at Penn State. So week 11 on 11-11, you will finally see what Penn State has got and what Michigan has got. And that, you know what? That, to me, I think they're the two best teams, with the especially with the injuries that Ohio State is facing. And then you've got back-to-back road games because Michigan is then at Maryland and they finish with Ohio State. So it takes until the last three weeks of the season and we'll see what Michigan, if they truly are as good as I think they are. I think they're really good. I think you're right. I think they're good. But I just I just want to see them play somebody. I, I'm there. But at we, some point. We, we, we got to wait until November 11th. No. Sorry. Uh, Nebraska has played a lot of people, a lot of good teams in volleyball. And they they still are undefeated by my last check. 17-0. Eight and zero in league, uh, they ha- they swept Penn State on Saturday night, and they looked really good in doing it. Uh, but this week is going to get a little tougher. They got Northwestern on Tuesday, and the number one team in the country, Wisconsin, on Saturday or is it Saturday? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I double checked, and I was I was wrong as well. the The Northwestern game is actually Wednesday. Okay, I I apologize. Yeah, for I that. thought it was Tuesday too. So uh, so they have Northwestern Wednesday, and then Wisconsin on Saturday. Yep. Uh, we'll talk about it with one of the great middle blockers of all time, Tanya Taki. She talks with us every single week about Husker volleyball, and we'll get her on the phone and talk to her about Nebraska's win over Penn State and the week to come coming up next. This is Sunday Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. Tom Stevens, Mike Melby, Husker Rewind every Sunday, 5 to 7. We were told we were a little low in the first hour. I'm still getting used to this board. Yeah, it's, it seems kind of touchy. It's a, well, I think it's it's also operator error. You just kind of get used to, you know, you're playing a new instrument, and that's basically what we're doing with this board, and so trying to get used to it. It's, but 
It's uh, nice last one. week, I think we were overmodulated, so I was really <laughs> hyper vigilant about it this week, and I think it was too low for our first 20 minutes or so. But we're efforting Tanya Taki, one of the great middle blockers in Nebraska volleyball history. They sweep the weekend. Actually, they went four sets, I believe, against Michigan State yep. on Friday night. And then Saturday night, they sweep Penn State for the third time in a row. But it was hard-earned, uh, 25-22, 25-22, and then 25-19. Penn State was, uh, to me, the best volleyball, the most talented program that I had seen this year. Maybe you could argue Stanford, uh, but I thought that was a that was a tougher match uh, than a sweep. I mean, they, they swept them, but they well, earned those, those that, that sweep, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and Nebraska was down 10-3 at one point. In in the second set, wasn't it eight to one? I believe it was. It was eight to one. Yeah, eight to one, and I um, seven seven point swing. But I I know they were down by seven at, yeah. at least once, if not twice. And and you know that's the interesting thing where we've been talking about the basketball team and how they're old and how they're getting used to stuff. And the the flip side is this volleyball team is super young and facing adversity like that. They should not be just figuring out a way and cruising and being great. Yet they do. <laughs> yeah. It's like nothing phases them. It's insane. It, it was a little weird in that I have not seen a volleyball player as talented as Harper Murray get benched. But that happened uh, against Michigan State on Friday night. Uh, Michigan State had come back from a 21-16 to 16 deficit uh, and won that second set, I believe. Uh, Merritt Beeson and Andy Jackson played great. 13 kills. In fact, if I were to name an MVP for me, that's not easy on this team because you could easily argue Lexi Rodriguez. So you could go Harper Murray for sure. Or you could go Merritt Beeson. I mean, pick your favorite. Um, but I think it might be Merritt Beeson for me. I mean, she's she's a senior, the transfer, or actually a junior, transfer from Florida. But I think that she's added a chemistry to this team Something to this team that has been so important because she's a captain. She just got here, you know, within months of getting here, in a month of getting here, she was named a captain. And you could just see her experience take over when it really matters. Uh, again, four, starting four freshmen, it's so impressive the way this team has played. To be undefeated right now and 8 0 in this league, I would have said, yeah, I know it's one of the greatest classes in the history of Nebraska volleyball. Maybe the, the greatest, but they're not going to be undefeated at this point. I would I wouldn't have thought that they would be at this point. No, and the, then the the question becomes to me, at, I think they need to lose a match because I, I go back to. Um, Do you think? I, I wonder if if John Cook might have been thinking that as well, like because he played twelve girls on Friday night. I I think he was almost trying to get some drama and see how they handled it. Well, the thing that I think back to is is Connie Yori's best year at Nebraska basketball. She finished the regular season and the Big Ten tournament, um, or Big Twelve at the time. I don't remember what if what which league we were in at the time, but they're undefeated going into the NCAA tournament, and they're a one seed. And the question was, you know, it, it, was there some pressure there to, you know, we we haven't lost, we haven't something needed to go wrong. It felt like going into the NCAA tournament for Nebraska to be able to make a run to a Final Four and have a shot at a natty. And it, it that's kind of the way the cards fell, is they faced some adversity and something they hadn't really seen or, or, or dealt with you know, up to that point in the season. 
and it just didn't work. And they wind up uh, unable to close it out and don't get to the Final Four. As a matter of fact, I don't think they got to the Sweet 16. I think they were knocked out in the second round. Right. And yeah. so I would, it, it's, you never want to see the team lose and you want to see them go on to run and win, you know, all however many 40 matches and uh, sweep and win a natty undefeated. But at the same time, um, <laughs> right now, mentality wise, this team seems like they're strong enough mentally to do it. Uh, but still, you kind of want that that just that one speed bump to give them a little reset. Well, I think they need a little more time to figure out all the lineups and and what works best. I think there's still a little, you know, is it Bait and Horst? Is it Krause? It seems like right now Krause is kind of taking the mantle a little bit. But there were times earlier in the year where it was Bait and Horst that had taken the mantle, and Krause yeah. was taking a backseat for a while. Um, they feel like they're getting that a little more resolved. When Harper Murray went out, Hayden Kubik came in for the first time in a long, like all year. Yeah. Um, and and had a couple of nice swings uh, and got a couple of kills. Uh, so they they were testing her out, and she was a highly recruited girl as well. Um, I, I think they're still, they're mixing and matching. Um, there were times that Mendelssohn, Mendelssohn got a start, I believe, on Friday night as well, and Maggie Mendelssohn hasn't played a ton. Uh, Becca Alec has... Alec has been taken out a few times here and there because of displeasure from John Cook. Um, so at times there, and there's still some chemistry issues on setting the middles. Um, this isn't a perfect team. The service errors are way too many. Yeah. Um, Nebraska has had a big problem from the service line. And, and that's something I think and attacking errors in general, but once they get that fixed up, I think Nebraska will be ready to roll and hopefully they'll, They'll be ready to roll on Saturday night when they play Wisconsin. We we found her. Uh, Tanya yes. Taki, one of our all-time favorites. Uh, of course, uh, middle blocker, one of the greats uh, for Nebraska volleyball. Played for both John Cook and for Terry Pettit. Terry Pettit first, then uh, John Cook. W- what did you think on Saturday night when you watched that game? You know, I was at the game, and I thought, if we can serve over the net and inbounds, we're going to be pretty lethal on Saturday. But that just we just have to start taking care of the ball. I started my section. My section was cheering for every in serve, just like when we cheer <laughs> for a dig. That's just awesome. To get the momentum changed. Like let's just start cheering for the in serve. Like we just expect the serve to go in. How about we just cheer for it because you get what you encourage, right? Exactly. <laughs> hey Tanya, one of the interesting things. Uh, I'm a numbers guy. I like analytics, and so I, I like breaking some interesting things down. Nebraska's played 59 sets of volleyball. Seven of their 17 matches have been against top 25 competition. That's not a super easy schedule by any stretch of the imagination. And when you go by winning percentage of sets, they're at winning at an 864 clip right now. They're 51 and eight in sets played. When's the last time you've seen a team that has been this dominant 17 games in? And I'm not just talking about Nebraska, but in the country. I mean, Penn State had the five year run. I know. Uh, Russ Rose had some amazing teams at that point, but this is just, it seems like we're watching something that we're going to be talking about for decades. Yeah. I mean, I was around for the, um, the, the undefeated season because that was the year right after me. So 2000, I was done in 99 to 2000 and it was just like, they couldn't, they couldn't lose. Like they just couldn't. And then just, I feel like the Kelly Hunter years, like she just kind of took the bull by the horns and, they just showed up to every away game and they just weren't going to lose. And so that, that's how they finished out the season a couple of times. I think Kelly Hunter might've even won two national championships in her reign there. She did. And she just like, just took charge. And I don't, 
I don't know what it is about our team right now that is that can be so dominant in like the first set and then the next set. We're scoring points for the other team, just like um, I want to say the seventh graders and eighth graders that I coach, you know. Um, but I just think that that's part of their maturity level right now. Um, they're not. They didn't, nobody was expecting it. It's almost like they weren't expecting it, and now you have all this pressure because we've never lost, and then it's like we can dominate these people, but now it's like we can kind of let off the gas or something. I'm not sure, but whatever they got going on, they figure out like they don't want to lose, and so if it's close to them losing, they turn on a new gear and start to dominate again. So I'm, I'm here for any of what they got going on. Talking to one of the great middle blockers in Nebraska volleyball history, uh, Tanya Taki. And Nebraska is now 17-0, 8-0 in the league with uh, Wisconsin coming on Saturday night uh, before that, Northwestern on Wednesday night. And I was just talking to Mike. He said, you know, maybe it's it would be good if Nebraska lost before the Big Ten tournament. Uh, do you think that is a good idea? I mean, would you be uncomfortable if they're still undefeated and they're going to the Big Ten tournament? Well, there isn't a Big Ten tournament, so oh, right. it's just that's a regular right. season. That's so right. every single loss goes against. So I, you know, a couple of the girls that I we text back and forth during the games. There's 11 of us that I played with that all live in Nebraska in the area, and so we all have this text group going. And there's probably 150 texts going every single game, and then every day we text each other. But um, they were talking about how maybe we just just should just lose, and I'm like, we can't just lose, like that's just not how the big 10 works. Like you don't want to find a little L there's no, there's no rooms for L's if you want to win the big 10. And so I think the only L that is there's room for is if we happen to lose to Wisconsin, but then we can turn around and beat them at home. Like that's the only, that's the only loss that I feel like might be okay by the time of the season ends, but they're just, there isn't going to be a way for us to win the big 10. If we just drop a match. Like, we're dropping sets, no problem. Like, we drop some sets, we play terrible, we, we drop some sets, but we dominate the match overall. I'm good with that. I, I'm personally not okay with L's just because of how the Big Ten season works. If you want to win, you got to be great, and you have to be great every single night. Tanya, and that was my question because, and I equated it to, by the way, Tanya Taki joining us on the Aloe VIP line. VIP line brought to you by Aloe Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. I equated it to Connie Yori's undefeated team and, and number one seed in the NCAA tournament. They just had a weird feeling like something was going to go sideways because they hadn't lost yet. And and ultimately, obviously, they do, and they don't even, I don't think they made it to the, the Sweet 16 that year. That's why, that's why I brought it up, and is it a good thing for them to lose? I like your answer. No. <laughs> just, yeah, just keep just, rolling. I, I'm just like, no. Nope. Yeah. If, if we're going to lose, it can only be to Wisconsin, and then we have to turn around and beat them, and then we share the Big Ten uh, yeah. season tournament or whatever, season record. Yep. Uh, I, I agree, uh, and I knew there was no Big Ten tournament. I was thinking NCAA tournament. There has been talk about yes. you know having a Big Ten tournament in the future and you're going to be adding some really good volleyball teams. Do you like the idea of having a Big Ten tournament in the future? Yeah, I mean, I think they've talked a little bit about how they should start the season like two weeks sooner. And, you know, Coach Cook and some of the the major coaches have been talking about how starting this, the season two weeks sooner and being done by Thanksgiving and having a, a conference tournament. I mean, it just is how they structure it, you know, and now that there's so many teams in the Big Ten, when you're adding UCLA and uh, whoever else we're adding, I just 
drew a blank, but um, it's just it's hard when to play all those teams home and away, and even to just get one game in. So it would be kind of cool to have a Big Ten tournament if they can get that logistically figured out. Uh, maybe it like rotates between places, or they just pick a place that there isn't a Big Ten school or something, and have like have a fun event like that. So I don't know how they they would work it out, but it, with the expansion, I think that wouldn't be a bad idea. Or they could just say, you know what, Omaha is literally in the middle of the country. It's a pretty even drive for and flight for everybody. Let's just do it there every year. I think that sounds like a great idea. I do too. Let me ask you this: with the upcoming schedule, they host Wisconsin on Saturday. And that's what we're talking about. That's what, you know, the focus is, is Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. I got to ask, don't we play a game on Wednesday? And is that a trap game, especially with it being on the road? I mean, I listen to Coach Cook on the post game and the pre games, and they're pretty focused on the game, one game at a time. Every win in the Big Ten is a big win. Um, so I think they're pretty focused, and I think they know that, you know, any away game in the Big Ten is going to be a, a tough one. And, the places are selling out for Nebraska to be coming because the Nebraska fans that live in that area are going to the games and those kind of things. So I think that they're um, taking it pretty well one game at a time. And, you know, nothing's bigger than the, the Nebraska day in the stadium. And so if they can mentally handle that game, I just, I, I don't, I don't personally think that there is such a thing as a trap game when, they're all freshmen. They don't know what's happening next. They don't know what's happening the next day. They're just listening to their coaches and doing what they say and saying, show up and play at the stadium on this day and show up for the airplane and you go play Northwestern and then come back. I mean, they just, they've not been through a Big Ten season before. Everything is new and they're still able to compete at their level. So I don't know that there's necessarily a trap game. I think that's, that's probably just everybody's, you know, superstition. Does that make sense? Like everybody else is nervous about it, but I think the team's just like next game. Yep. One of the great middle blockers in Nebraska volleyball history, Tanya Taki and coach of Nebraska one. Uh, you could go a lot of different ways. If you were to go MVP at this point, the season, uh, Bergen Riley has certainly been a difference maker. Merritt Beeson, the captain has been great. Lexi Rodriguez is always good. Very consistent. Where would you go if you were to pick an MVP at this point? Um, you know, I'm, probably gonna have to say Lexi Rodriguez or Merritt Beeson just from like consistency standpoint um I mean I know that I can be pretty critical of setters but I just felt like there were like three to eight times this weekend where a hitter was on their move and had to like lean over and almost fall over to hit the ball um I thought the middle sets got a little wonky um but obviously you know, like I said, this is Bergen's first shot at Big Ten play, and she's probably not going to have a perfect season. And so I just think consistency-wise, I think she kind of got a dip in there a little bit. Um, I think she can, her and Becca and her and Andy can get their their connections back, and I think they'll they'll be fine. But I do think there was a lull there. So I think just consistency-wise, I would say Lexi Rodriguez from Beeson as far as MVP of the current season. Um, Harper Murray, I mean, it's hard not to, to like put her up there. It's just, I think what coach cook was talking about and you have to agree is that she's just so used to being so dominant and now teams are preparing for her and camping on her and taking away her best shots and serving her every ball. And I think that's kind of wearing on her a little bit. So I think, I think if you were just to say like player for player, pound for pound, like Harper Murray's probably an MVP type player, but I just think consistency wise, it's, I would have to give it to Lexi or Merritt. 
Head coach at Nebraska One, Tanya Taki, joining us on the Allo VIP line. Tanya, how are things going with Nebraska One? You guys are uh, kind of getting close to winding down, aren't you? Well, so we had our last fall tournament last weekend, and actually it was funny. This is the first Sunday that I've not had anything specifically on my schedule, and so I missed your first phone call because my kids were playing the, the tortilla slap game, <laughs> and we were I was laughing so hard I, I missed the, the phone call. But um, we actually have tryouts for club season next week, so if you have a second grader to eighth grader, our tryouts are on Wednesday and Thursday, and you can find all the information at NebraskaOne.com. So I appreciate you asking, and uh, I'll have to get in on this tortilla game. What What is the tortilla flap game? So it's like it's a it's a thing that you do like on TikTok or whatever. But you basically do rock paper scissors shoot, and you have a full mouthful of water. And if you win, you slap the person with a tortilla to try to make them squirt the water. But my kids are like third, fourth, sixth, eighth grade, seventh grade, and they laugh so hard slapping that they end up spitting the water at each other. And it is so funny. You'll have to Google it. Uh, yeah, we do it. Time. We do it in studio if we didn't destroy the equipment. Absolutely. If we didn't destroy <laughs> the equipment, we would definitely do you it. You might need a rain jacket, but besides that, it's pretty funny. So, Tanya, we always enjoy uh, uh, being on the air, and we'll definitely have you back next Sunday after a big awesome. Nebraska win. Can't wait. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Alrighty. Thanks, Tanya. Tanya Taki, one of the great middle blockers in Nebraska volleyball history. Uh, she is hard on setters. She's really. T- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Bergen Riley's having a great year. If you were to pick. The MVP at this point in the season, who where would you go? <sighs> Merritt or Lexi? Um, Lexi is amazing. The, I think there was a conversation on the bench. It was between Lindsey Krause and somebody else, and she goes, "You realize it's the first set, and Lexi already has twelve digs." Yeah, and the thing is, like her numbers are not going to be anywhere near what some other liberos are. Because Nebraska is winning sets at an 864 clip. They're 51 and 8 in sets. Oh. So they're not playing four set, five set matches to where, you know, you, you're, oh my God, she had, you know, 47 digs. She'll well, be on the Olympic roster at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, without she, a doubt. She, she's just and going to be. The, the, the other, and then the reason I, that I say it's got, I kind of lean towards her is because the stuff she does, like, there are not many humans that are able to make the plays that she does and put the ball in the position that she is able to after making a spectacular right. play. And we, I, I feel like I take it for granted because I see her leaning to the right and a, a, a hit goes off of Becca Alec to her left. She's able to adjust, twist, dive, put a ball up that Bergen Riley takes two steps and then sets. I know it's, and you're funny. like, yeah, whatever. Her passing, her I, yeah. passing is ridiculous. And I've, 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 I've seen her do that a couple of times this year, and I genuinely was like, eh. <laughs> wait a minute, that was like we're one spoiled. of the best digs you'll ever see. And we're so spoiled. We're so used to everything that she does. That's what she does. So easy. Uh, and, and I'm guessing it really helps to go against a Harper Murray or a Lindsey Krause every day, where it's just hammered at your head, and if it hits your head, you're going to get a concussion. I mean, concussion is coming, and yeah. she still digs it. And almost digs it perfectly every time. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, she she's really really good. I I would I would go Merritt Beeson, but it's close uh, for my MVP. But yeah, I like I said right. And yeah, you can throw 
Harper Murray in there, and then I mean, like players of the game type of thing yeah. throughout the season. Man, I think there's like six, seven different girls that you could say yeah. tonight she was our player of the game. It's very possible we could look back at the season and say this is the most talented Husker roster ever until next year because until you no, know they have no seniors. That's right. <laughs> so. Skyler Pierce is coming. All right, uh, let's get to break and do our picks of density next. This is Sunday Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. Tom Stevens, Mike Melby, Husker Rewind every Sunday, 5 to 7. It's a new feature. Well, we've done it before, but we haven't done it much on Sunday nights. Bach and I used to do it all the time. It's called our Picks of Density. It's time now for the Picks of Density. Because it's a pick! A Wait, it says density on here. I'm your density. Oh, I get it. Because your picks carry a lot of weight, right? That's some heavy shit, man. All right, let's roll with it. <clears throat> the Picks of Density. All right, not a ton of great games this week, but there are a few. Got 19th ranked. Tennessee at 11, Alabama. Alabama coming off a close win over Arkansas, 24 to 21. Tennessee beat Texas A&M, 20 to 13. It is at Alabama this week. It's a 2:30 kick on CBS. Who you got, Mike? I now I'm going to do mine against the spread, and then I'll give you an outright winner as well. I am taking Tennessee and the nine points that the line opened. I've not double-checked the lines. These are the early lines that were posted a, a okay. little bit earlier today. But right now, it's Bama minus nine. I'm taking the points, and I'm taking Tennessee, and I am calling for the upset as well. So I would actually change my bet to Tennessee on the money line. I think Tennessee upsets Bama. On the spread, I'll take definitely Tennessee just because I don't think they're, as we've mentioned before, I don't think there's a dominant team in college football, and Alabama's certainly not one of them No, if you were going to pick one. Alabama, their quarterback play has been better as of late. Tennessee coming off that big win over Texas A&M. I say they cover for sure in that one, but I do like Alabama to win the game. Got Duke versus Florida State. Uh, Duke at 5-1, and one, Florida State at 6-1. and one. Duke is coming off a win over North Carolina State 24-3. Florida State still un, uh, has one uh, loss on the year. They've, they're winning, though, over uh, Syracuse, I should say, over the weekend. They beat Syracuse 41-3. What do you like here? Uh, you're going to hear a lot of upsets from me. I, I'm taking Duke in the points. I don't think Duke wins. Florida State wins the game. But I think this is this is more around a either 7- to 10-point spread. And I'm going to take the points and take Duke. Um, I like Florida State on the spread and the win. I don't think they've played their best football yet. A lot of people really liked Florida State at the start of the year. I didn't love them. But I like them better than Duke, and I think they, they win the game and they take this, they, they win it by the spread number. One of the talking heads on ESPN last night during one of his breakdowns said, hands down, Florida State is the best team in the country and they're going to win the national title this year. Uh, so well, they're he's talented. with you. They're talented, but they're, they're, they're very inconsistent, I think. Yep. I uh, got number 16, Utah at USC. USC coming off a blowout loss to Notre Dame, 48-20. to They look terrible in that loss. Utah... Had a win over Cal. They beat Cal 34-14. to What do you think? I like Utah. Utah's going to just 
ground it out and, and hammer USC and take advantage of that defense. That defense, I am stunned at how not great that USC defense is. And I'm taking Utah on the money line on this one. Utah is going to pull the upset. Yeah, Utah wins it, and I think wins it maybe big. Um, I don't think USC likes physical teams. No. Point to Notre Dame well, over the weekend. Yep, and the points are only four and a half, and to me, I, I, I'll, I'm i going to go ahead and take Utah. I mean, the, to me, the, the four and a half four and is a half the safety for Utah? net. No, it, it, USC is, is favored by four and a half okay, on this Okay, so one. they are at home. Yeah. Uh, but I like Utah to win and cover that spread easily. Uh, Clemson at Miami. Miami, of course, uh, did not play this week. They were in a bye, but they had that disastrous loss uh, to Georgia Tech. I mean, all they had to do is just take a knee. Uh, take a knee, and they win the game. But instead, they fumble, they lose it, and then they lose again. Actually, they did play this week. They lost to North Carolina 41-31. to Clemson is the one that had the bye this week. I like Clemson to win this and win it probably again. Yeah, Clemson, I, mean, I, I think uh, they're just in a tailspin, Miami. Yeah, Clemson is favored by three in this one, and I don't think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a couple of touchdowns. Clemson rolls at Miami. Uh, got Wisconsin at Illinois. Wisconsin four and two, following the fifteen to six loss. Uh, Illinois coming off uh, to Iowa, I should say, and then Illinois uh, with the big win over Maryland this weekend. They're three and four after a loss to Nebraska. What do you think? This is interesting. The line just posted. It had not up until moments ago, and it's Wisco's favored by four and a half, which makes me wonder if they know that Tanner Mordecai is out next week, because that is not a line yeah, I he thought ran I to would... the locker room right before halftime. Yeah, and, 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 and didn't play they, the they could, they could read his his lips on the sideline, and he said, "I can't throw." So he has a shoulder injury, and it makes me wonder with that line only being four and a half, because Illinois is horrible. I get it. They won yeah, yesterday, yeah. but they're a bad football team. But that spread to only be four and a half to open makes me think that somebody knows Mordecai is out. I am going to go ahead and take Wisconsin, though. I think they just give it to Braylon Allen yeah. 37 times and go. I like that. I think Wisconsin wins that game as well, yep, even though it's on the road at Illinois. Minnesota is at Iowa. Minnesota 3-3. Three and three, And Iowa 6-1. and one. Obviously, Iowa's offense is abysmal but they continue to win football games with defense. They do. In this game, Iowa is favored by five and a half, and I said it earlier, I'm saying it again, on the money line, I will take Minnesota to pull the upset. They're going to get the big play. This is one of those that makes no sense why P.J. Fleck won that game, but he's a guy, as much as his antics drive me insane, he can coach football, and I think he does something. He outsmarts. And, and Kirk Ferentz, and I think he, more than anything, hmm. outsmarts Brian Ferentz. And I think the Minnesota D is why Minnesota wins this game. Wow. I'm going to take Iowa. I, I think Iowa's terrible, but I think both teams are terrible. Uh, I just think Iowa is do less they, terrible than Minnesota. Do you think they'd cover the five and a half? Yeah, I do. I, okay. I think, I think I don't know why Iowa wins any week. <laughs> I can't explain here. it. But they seem to win, and so I guess I'm just going to start picking them. Um, Nebraska hosts Northwestern 13 is what you have. It opened at 11 this morning, and it's the last one I checked at Caesars. It's now 13 and a half is the spread Nebraska's favored. I don't see. Well, I got 28 to 17. Is that 13? That's 11. That's 11. So that's what I'm picking. So I think uh, I would take Northwestern to cover Nebraska to win the game. Okay, so I when it was 11, my prediction score prediction was Nebraska 23, Northwestern 12. 
I'm going to modify that to Nebraska 25 and a half, Northwestern 12. And I think it's going to be a push. Are you stunned? <laughs> Did you get a half point? Are you stunned by 13? Yeah, I was stunned that the, well, I was more stunned that the line moved up two and a half. People must think far worse of Northwestern than I guess I do. Or the quarterback being out, if he's not going to be able to play, I, that maybe that 13 might go up to 15. Um, but I think, I honest to God truth, I think Nebraska would have covered at 11. I don't know that they cover at 13 and a half. I think Nebraska wins. And I, I'm going to throw out, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say 23-12. All right. Um, I got 28-17. Nebraska beats Northwestern. I think they win the next two. Um, I'm a little more leery about Michigan State on the road. I know Michigan State's in total turmoil and is trying to quit, uh, but they probably should have beaten Rutgers over the uh, yesterday. They should have. When you have negative 20 yards of offense in the fourth quarter, it doesn't normally turn out well, and that was the case. Um, the to, to think about Michigan State, though, and relating it back to Matt Rule's comment in a press conference earlier, I can't wait till we're down 14 nothing again so I can see what we learned. I would rather not be. <clears throat> I think... Just And I know we're not putting any weight on any picks we're talking about for a couple of weeks out, but to that Michigan State game, I think Nebraska's down 14-0 early in that game. Yep. So we'll see how they handle it. Uh, do you have a get-off-my-lawn nominee? Get my lawn. You know, I, I, I get off my lawn to, to my schedule because I last night was one of the best uh, nights Tracy and I have had in forever. Uh, Halloween shopping, The we went to, to a big haunt up in Omaha, one of the best ones in Omaha. Went to a haunt on Friday night up there. Uh, great dinner at a restaurant that's I wish Lincoln had one of. Uh, so my get off the lawn is that I'm too damn busy. To, it's to myself for not making enough time to have more nights like last night. You're telling yourself to get off your lawn. Yes. All right. Get off my lawn. I'm going to go with Dion, and I've liked Dion Sanders. I've, I've really been a fan of what he's doing at Colorado. But to complain about the 9 o'clock kick, I thought it was just lame. Wait, Everything Dion it. does is lame. I don't think so. I think he's a good football coach, and I think he will turn that program around. But Dion, stop complaining about the kick times. Get off my lawn. I guess he won't have to worry about it when he moves to the Big Ten. Well, he might have to worry about it more because you're going to play some some. You're going to play Oregon and Washington and. Well, no, he's moving to the Big Twelve, yeah, not the Big Ten. Or, or, oh yeah, that's right. The, the Big Twelve. Yeah, that's right. So, so I, I but but they still play BYU, right? I mean, there are some times that they will have to worry about it. Yeah, I I don't know it. I always love it when somebody that you know wants to sit there and just brag and be all yeah. about that and a bag of chips when they win, when they play that or they they act that horribly immature uh, and and childish when they lose, and that's Dion and Shadur. So you know, I, I'm a I'm a fan of Dion. I'm not, I'm not. a fan of that comment. <laughs> And I, I know I'm 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 the lone guy. I'm, I'm the guy that actually defends the guy. Yeah. Um, but I, I understand why other people complain about him. Uh, but I, I do think Nebraska wins this week, and I think they win the next two. I, I wonder about Michigan State. And it should be a fun week. It should be a fun week for Nebraska football and Nebraska volleyball. Wednesday, of course, Northwestern. Then Saturday, you got Wisconsin. Wisco. Yep. It should be fun. Losing streak comes to an end next Saturday night. Wow. Uh, what, they've lost 10 in a row or something like so, that? Yeah, something crazy like something that. Something crazy like They're that. They're going down, Wisconsin. Yeah, that's right. Wisconsin's going down and going down hard. Uh, we're not going to go down because we're going to yep. be back here uh, 5 o'clock next week. See you then, Mike. Yep, see you. Have a good night.